0: Welcome to episode number 29 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are currently in a series of messages entitled, Our Finances Need Prayer and Faith. And I hope that as we go through this, you'll stay tuned in to the significance and the importance of having prayer in all of our decisions and then having faith to believe and trust that our prayers will be answered. So this is gonna be an exciting lesson today. I believe that the Lord has taught me some new things and some new ideas to share with you. Matter of fact, that's probably one of the greatest joys of reading the Word of God is that when we pick it up and we read it and we actually study it and receive it and meditate on God's Word, we can receive wisdom and knowledge and instruction every time that we read something. So today I'm going to focus on a special area entitled Seeking God's Wisdom in Our Finances. There's so much wisdom in God's Word about every area of life, about parenting, about being married, about being a husband or a wife or being a child, about running a business or borrowing money or not borrowing money, and it just goes on and on and on. And we have a lot of questions. So if you have any particular questions relating to today's session, then I would encourage you to go to my webpage, davidcfriendauthor.com and there's a link there where it can ask you to sign in for my weekly newsletter. Now, if you'll do that, you can also at that time send me an email and ask me to answer, or at least attempt to answer, the question that you have, and I'll either answer them directly to you, or I'll mention that question in my newsletter, and we'll address those as we take them on each and every week. So, In order to find out the true wisdom that the Lord has for us, I can't think of a better place to go than the book of Proverbs. Obviously, Proverbs was written by what the Bible says is the most brilliant man and the most successful man in the history of our world. And many give Solomon the credit for writing almost all of the Proverbs that we read. However, scholars, Bible scholars may disagree on that. Some feel that, that Solomon was the primary writer of it. However, some of these were written years after he passed, and whether they were things that he wrote that people published later, that's there's a lot to be discussed about that. So let's just give Solomon credit for writing this but most of all let's give God the glory and the credit for inspiring the words that were written in the book of Proverbs. So when we look at it we need to understand what the primary focus of the book of problems is. As, as, as a whole it was credited to King Solomon however uh, there's so much advice and so much wisdom in this from, from so many different periods of time that we've got to believe that God used this book to inspire a lot of people over centuries. The main theme of the book of Proverbs is basically the fear of God, that means a, a trust and respect of God, wisdom, see it's right there, so we've got to go to this book for wisdom, temperance, honesty, hard work, humility, and, and how to use our words, to be, have used wisdom in our decisions and our words, and in, in talking with people, and borrowing money, and all that's discussed in there. So we're going to have some fun with this, and we're going to see what the book of Proverbs has to say about gaining or seeking God's wisdom in our finances. So let me start at the very beginning. Proverbs chapter 1, and they verses number 5 and 6. Now, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. It's my favorite book to read from when I'm doing teaching. My studying is done through other translations, but I particularly like the New Living Translation when I'm trying to share something with people. Verse number 5 says this, Let the wise listen to these Proverbs, and become even wiser. Now, I guess you may be saying to yourself, well, maybe you don't have a lot of wisdom, but I think you do. I think God has given all of us wisdom and ability to understand what we should follow and what we should not follow. And so I believe you're using wisdom in just seeking uh, instruction and wisdom from the book of Proverbs. I also think that all of us today are seeking wisdom anytime we open up the Word of God to find out what He has to say about a particular issue. So it says, Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Now, some people might think that's a little bit bit of arrogance, but in reality, it's not. It's just a fact. We will gain wisdom from this. Verse 5 continues, Let those with understanding receive guidance. Then it goes into verse 6. By exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. So we'll be learning something. We'll be gaining guidance and direction if we explore the true meaning of these Proverbs and the parables that are studied, that are mentioned, the the words of the wise and their riddles. All these things are put together to do one thing, and that's to bless us. It's to give us a better understanding. And that's why I believe people are very foolish, if they don't get out the Word of God and read it, at least some part of it, even if it's just a verse or two every single day of their life, because there's always something in it that will comfort, will give direction, will give clarity, will help us to be better Christians, will help us to better understand life and how to deal with life issues, especially when we're talking about the area of finances. Now as we go on in the book of Proverbs, there's a chapter that to me is just so powerful. It's amazing. And that's chapter three in the book of Proverbs. Now, I'm not going to teach on that totally because I'll be, I have taught about it on another series of messages I did on finance entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. And I will be teaching on it even more later. But let me read a few verses just to give you a taste of what Proverbs chapter three Has to offer. I really encourage anyone in business to read this and study it. Also, those of you who are concerned about preparing for your retirement, or anyone who is wondering how their finances are going to be handled, or how they should make good decisions. Tremendous amount of wisdom in Proverbs chapter 3, one that everyone should study. So, let me just read a few verses and then we'll go on after that. In in verse 1 in chapter 3, it says, My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Well, right there's wisdom. When we learn something, we don't want to forget it. What's sad is we continue in life sometimes, especially in our finances, we continue to do the same thing over and over and over again. And we expect to get different results. Well, that's not going to happen. What you do in your finances, the decisions that you make, will carry in your life throughout your life. Matter of fact, I like to make this little statement and that is the sum total of where we are today financially consists of all the decisions that we have made with our finances since we were in a position to handle our finances on our own. So all these decisions have brought us to the point we are today. So let, let's learn from that. Let's gain from that. And just because we've made mistakes, let's not beat ourselves up. Maybe someone's filed a bankruptcy or someone has had a, a what they call a charge off at a, at a bank where you don't pay a loan and so they charge that, that loss off or you get a car repossessed. Maybe something like that has happened in your life Please don't let that rob you of God's blessing because honestly, you've gained wisdom from that experience. You might think that it's something you would have rather not experienced and I'm, I'm sure that I would feel the same way. But remember, our past experiences are, are there so that we can learn from them, so that we can be blessed by them, so we can gain in our wisdom and understanding of what is good to do and what is not good to do. Matter of fact, it was, would be a good time to take out a piece of paper and write on there, Good decisions and bad decisions I've made in my finances. That's sometimes just a great way to start. Take a piece of paper out. I believe this is wise instruction for you. Take a piece of paper, little blank sheet, draw a line down the middle. Put good decisions on one side, bad decisions on another. And then write down the good. And these are just the financial issues. Decisions about credit cards, decisions about cars, a car that you purchased, or refinancing a house or something, or purchasing a home. The good decisions are ones that you'll want to be happy with and enjoy, and and you'll continue to gain from that. The bad decisions are also things that you'll be able to gain from. Now, you won't enjoy those, but you've learned something from them. So please don't put down the mistakes that we've made and miss out on the opportunity to learn from them. Now, verse number two in Proverbs 3. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Wow. Verse three, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then it says you will find favor with both God and people and you will earn a good reputation. And my favorite verse, one of my absolute favorite in the entire Bible is is verse five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Verse 6 says, seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Well, I spoke on that in the previous episode, so I don't want to go back there. But remember, in gaining wisdom, we have to do a couple of things. One is we need to pray and seek God's wisdom. Number two, we need to have faith to believe that the prayer that we made, that God will be faithful to answer that prayer. That's why this entire series, this entire 20 or 30 messages, whatever this is going to be, has to do with our finances need prayer first, and then it needs faith after that. They go together. You've got to have the two in order to have a successful financial life. So I encourage you to do that. Always pray about issues, then believe God and have the faith to see it come to fruition. I'm not going to continue reading on in Proverbs 3 because it just goes on and on and there'll be so many things that we'll be talking about in future episodes and I think I want to be focused in a different direction today on this particular message on gaining God's wisdom. Let's move on to Proverbs chapter 12 now. Here's another great statement, a statement of wisdom and truth. Proverbs chapter 12, verse number one. Just one verse. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. That's one of the reasons I like the New Living Translation because it'll use a word like stupid because some people say, well, don't say that. And I believe that in this particular case, it is ignorant to hate correction. To learn, we must love discipline. Now, discipline is a word that a lot of people might just cut me off and turn me off right now and say, I don't want to hear about that. I don't like discipline. I don't want to be a part of it. But discipline is a key to success financially. We've got to have discipline in our life. I love the discipline of the Lord. I hate discipline from other people. I never liked discipline or correction that people would give me at the church. I try to learn from it and gain from it, but it was hard to receive it. But when God disciplines me, I know I'm going to be blessed. Discipline is one of my absolute favorite words. Matter of fact, some people think that the reason my life has been so good and so so blessed, and I believe your life can be good and best and probably has been good and blessed, but but I believe that the discipline the Lord has put in my heart has has brought a lot of blessings on me. I, I, I'm one of these crazy people who uh, likes to exercise every single day. I want to be sure that my weight is where it should be. That takes discipline. I want to be sure that I have a savings account. That takes discipline. I want to be sure that my bills are paid on time and my credit report is excellent. That takes discipline. I want to know that discipline in my finances will produce success. I know that I can't have discipline without prayer. I can't have discipline without faith. See, when you have discipline, you've got to have faith to believe that it's worth what you're putting yourself through. When I exercise every day and and keep that discipline of exercise, I must have the faith to believe that it's going to keep me healthier. It's going to help me feel stronger. It's going to keep my legs in better condition. I'm going to have better endurance. My heart will be stronger. And I'm putting myself through something that is discipline, but it's something that has a great benefit. Matter of fact, in the other descriptions in the Bible, talking about discipline, it says many times that God disciplines those that he loves. God disciplines those that he loves because he wants them to profit from it. So all discipline, all discipline has profit. Now profit's a good word. I like the word profit and I'm sure many of you out there too do also. But it's so important that we receive discipline so we can benefit from that discipline. So to learn it, it says, you must love discipline. So Maybe I should go one more step further. I I enjoy talking about discipline so much, you can probably tell that, that I used to tell my congregation, I thoroughly enjoy and love the discipline of the Lord. And I'd tell them in front of the entire church, I'd say, well, you know, some of you might think I'm crazy, but Lord, I pray right now, that you would discipline me in every area of my life that I need it. I want your discipline. I desire your discipline. I want you to speak to me and tell me where I need to change, what decisions I need to make, what I need to change in my life, Discipline me, Lord, so that I'll remember to call people or make notes to call people later and, and, and return calls and discipline me so that I'll respond to people or return emails and, and I'll return texts and keep me aware of that because I know that I'll be blessed by it and the people that I talk to, Father, I believe will also be blessed. So don't rebuke discipline because what does it say here? It is stupid to hate corrections. So I probably should get off of that right now. Enough said on that particular topic. Let me give you another piece of wisdom found in the book of Proverbs. Chapter 12, again, we're, right, we're going to stay there for a while. 12, 11. Now, most of you have heard this before. It's spoken a little different way in other translations, but it basically says this. A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases, chases fantasies has no sense. So we've got to be willing to work in this situation of getting out of debt. We need to work at having a savings account. We need to work to be prepared for our retirement. It takes hard work to build a new church. I know we've built one. It takes a lot of work to be faithful to the call that God has on our life. Let's look at verse number 12 because this is really goes together with verse 11. Thieves are jealous of each other's loot. That means their, their wealth, their money, their finances. But the godly are well-rooted and bear their own fruit. You know, many times when the Lord has blessed my wife and I financially and we've had a nice new home or, you know, going on vacations and things, people will say something to me that kind of bothers me. I don't argue about it or anything. I just kind of let it go. But they'll say, you are so lucky that you have all these things. You're just such a lucky person. Well, let me just tell all of those who are listening right now, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no such thing as luck in your life everything in your life is ordained of God. God has a purpose for our life. He has a plan for our life and he doesn't believe in luck. Now think about that. Why would why would God want our lives to be run by luck? So therefore, we say things like, oh, he's so lucky about this or lucky about that. And, and God might be saying, yeah, I, I guess I decided maybe I'll bless him on this. And, well, maybe, maybe I won't on that or Well, maybe I will on this or maybe I won't on that. That's not how God works. God has a plan for our finances. He has wisdom to impart to us found in his word. So therefore, don't let anyone tell you you're lucky. When I go to the doctor's office and they'll say, well, your test results came back and you're so lucky. I say, no, no, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I'm blessed. Luck has no place in my life. And so I don't I don't play the lottery. I may lose some of you on that one. I don't play the lottery because I don't believe in, in luck. I don't believe in that type of plan for my life. If I have a dollar to spend, I'd rather give it to the church than buy a lottery ticket. Now, I know I maybe I bothered some people out there, but just think about that. Let's not plan on luck being our direction for our life. Plan that we can be blessed of God. He has a plan for us and he wants to bless us. Let's move on in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 12. Verse 15, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. You know, I've run into some people sometimes, and we all have, I'm sure, and probably when I was younger, I was this same type of person. And that's a person who hears what you have to say, but they're really not listening. They really don't think that you may have the answers. Matter of fact, A lot of married couples make a huge mistake. Many times the man is working and he's the head financially of the home and spiritually of the home and he's working and doing his thing and the wife may be working outside the home. Maybe she's just working in the home and raising children, which is a huge project in itself and a full-time career. So I truly believe that many times couples don't listen to each other because they don't think the other person has anything important to say. Now think about that. You know, here we are thinking that we want to talk to someone and visit with someone, but, you know, we really don't want to share something with them because maybe we don't think that they have the ability to to, to understand what's being said. It says, fools think their own way is right. Well, you're a fool if you're not willing to share your thoughts with your spouse. But the wise listen to others. Wise people will stop and listen when someone else has something to say. There have been times when I've done counseling and I give people all kinds of ideas. I can remember one time when I was trying to talk to a new pastor and he was in—he was an evangelist. And in the field for many, many years, he had never been a pastor of a local church in America. So he came to Arizona and the state director of our church said, would I meet with him and help him and maybe kind of give him some thoughts and ideas about setting up his church and how to make a contact in the community and just went on and on about some of the things that I could help him. Well, I, I thought that would be a great opportunity. So we would meet. And when we would meet, we would sit down and have coffee at, at a, some local place. And the coffee might go on for two or three hours. And I'd have a whole list of things and thoughts and suggestions and things that I would think that maybe he would find interesting. So I'm sitting there and I'm not boasting, but at the time I might have 20 years of pastoring experience and 15 years of banking experience and 30 years of raising kids and being a father and a grandfather and being married for 30 or 40 years. And maybe there were a few experiences that I had that might be beneficial to this new pastor, so I'd give him all these ideas and we might spend all that time and we'd be all done with it. He'd say, you know, I really appreciate your time. That's very nice, but I don't really see anything here that will be of benefit to me. I really don't believe that I can do those things. That's who you are. And so I don't really believe that, that these are necessarily the, the only way. And I said, well, they're not the only way. No, but I was asked to help you. And I really believe that if you do certain things in your community, like you could go out and literally go door to door and meet the people in your community and just knock on their door and say, there's a new church in town and I'm the pastor of that church and I just want to let you know we'd love to pray for you. Now, very seldom have I ever found someone who refused the offer that I gave them to pray for them. And I said, I can't tell you the number of people. I told him, I said, I tell you, there's so many people that I have talked to over the years in my neighborhood or at the local grocery store or at a Costco or at a Starbucks or someplace where I run into people. I always like to let them know that I pastor the church down the street and is there anything I can pray for them about? And it's always received nicely. It's incredible. And many of those people eventually would show up at our church and it was really a blessing well, I shared that with him and he said, no, I can't do that. I wouldn't do that. I don't know why you do that. That's a burden to people. And he just would not listen. He, he had his own mind made up the way he ought said, thought it should be. And he wouldn't listen to, as it says, the wise listen to others. He wouldn't listen. Not that I had all the answers. Not that I was filled with wisdom and knowledge. But I did have a little experience, which he was completely close to as you might guess, only in maybe six months or eight months, he resigned from his church because he couldn't seem to get it to grow. He couldn't seem to make anything work in the the place and he was replaced by someone else. Now, that is an example of a person who's just not willing to receive correction, to receive instruction. Now, when it comes to the area of finances, We should then read what we can about good instructions. We should then apply that to our life. We should pray about those instructions. We should believe that God will give us the faith to to expect and receive those instructions. And when you put that all together, you're going to be blessed. Your finances are going to grow. I believe that with all my heart. And I believe that instruction is the key to growth in everything that we do, especially when it comes in the area of our finances, our future, our retirement, getting out of debt, and all those things that we're trying to learn from this particular series of teachings. There's a source of wisdom sometimes running around us all the time that we sometimes ignore. And that that source of wisdom that I said running around us, I believe are the children in our homes, our families, our churches. And a lot of times these children will say the most amazing things. Because many children have a a pure, true faith. I can remember in the past when I wasn't feeling well and we had our two kids at home, and maybe I'd have a cold or a little fever or something like would pass, you know, would would kind of be on me and I'd be praying and ask for God's help. My son or daughter or my wife, they'd come over and the, the little kids would lay hands on me and they'd say things like, Lord, I pray you'd heal my daddy and I pray that you'd take away his cough and his, they say snuffy nose, they meant stuffy nose, and they would have the most pure faith and to believe. They would pray and have the faith to believe. And then as they grow older, I tried to teach them the premise of having wisdom when it comes to their area of finances. And it seemed like the older they got, the less they wanted to receive the advice that I gave them. But then when they went to church and they'd go to Bible study or they'd go to their youth activities, it seemed that they were more open to the things of the Lord to hear it from someone else necessarily, not just from me. And they would gain wisdom and come home from a camp meeting or they would go to a summer camp, or they'd be going to a youth activity. I remember when our daughter came home one time from summer camp, and we were talking to her about the rock music that was out. We weren't excited about it, and we didn't particularly want it in her life. And she's like, you're right, I understand, I understand. But you could tell she really didn't understand, and, and I didn't like what the words were saying. I mean, I wasn't stuffy about it, but I believe that I... Had a little wisdom when it came to that. So I'd tell her that we prefer that she wouldn't listen to so much of that stuff. So, but you can't control what they listen to when they're not home anymore and they're out with their friends. But they went to camp and she came to camp and she came home from camp after being gone for a week. And we're at the door. Hi, hon, how you doing? She walked right by our, our, my wife and I. Basically, he said, excuse me, excuse me, and didn't hug us or anything and went straight through the house, down the hallway, into her bedroom, went into her closet, and she had an old poster of some rock star hidden behind her clothes in her closet. I didn't know it was there, but uh, she had taken this this poster out and she walked up to us and she said, mom and dad, I need to get this out of my life. And so she tore it up and she threw it away. She said, "I, I really learned something today when it came to what's right and what's not right. I learned it in camp and I need to get that rock music out of my life. Well, she had some wisdom. She was taught something. She went home and she applied it to her life. So we can gain wisdom from people other than just the elderly or the older folks. Matter of fact, the Bible gives us instruction in finances for our kids. It's found in Proverbs 22, verse six. Simply says this, direct your children onto the right path. And when they're older, They will not leave it. Now, a lot of people think that has to do with marriage and and drinking and smoking and living a good, pure life and all that, and it does, It, it really does. And going to church, it does. But it also applies to teaching our children the proper care of their finances. It's important that our kids gain wisdom from us when it comes to finances. Many times when our child was little, our little girl especially, she would want something and my wife would say, well, honey, we don't really have the funds for that right now, so maybe later. And our daughter would quickly respond with, well, just write a check. Well, you know, she didn't understand that you don't write a check unless you have money in the bank to pay for it. Her mind was, I see that checkbook, you just write checks and it'll be taken care of. You know, a lot of young people never grow past that and they get a checkbook and they continue to write checks whether they have money or not and that creates a real problem for them. But we won't go there right now. But after time, I w- we would explain to her the, the fact that we have certain amount of money that comes in and every month we need to budget that money and we have to decide how much goes here and how much goes there. We want to give the Lord... 10% tithe right off the top of everything we make first because that opens up a blessing for us. And we taught that to our son and our daughter. And I'm so happy to say that, that, that all these years later, our kids now are, you know, they're around 50 years of age and they've got their own kids. And a matter of fact, their children now are, are heading towards marriage and setting up their new families. So we've been blessed and we look at that and I, I look at our two kids and they both learn the concept of budgeting, the concept of tithing and the concept of praying about their finances. Now I'm not saying they're experts in it, but they love giving money to the church. I can remember once when our son sold a house and he made a bunch of money on it. And it was a really a nice amount of money, I think like seventy or eighty thousand dollars. And he came to me and he says, Dad, he said, this is so exciting because my cause my wife and I decided that of course we have to tithe on anything that we get. We want to give the Lord ten percent. And so he handed me a check to give to the church for like it was over $7,000. And he said, he was nervous. You could see he had tears in his eyes. His hands were a little shaky. He said, I never dreamed that I'd get to be able to do that. Just think of that. He learned from discipline, he learned from correction. He saw it, he prayed about it, he applied it to his life. And now he's operating in faith to give of what he has financially so that he can be a blessing to the church and to other people. So I think I'm going to wrap it up with that. I I believe that this lesson on wisdom is one that we can all learn. I know I've gained something from it. I've thought about some things in my own life that I thought, you know, I better work on this or work on that because I I can't speak about listening to discipline or correction and not expect the Lord to deal with me and help me with some correction and discipline that maybe I need in my life. So Let me just pray that God will bless you as you make wise decisions in your finances. Father, thank you for your word, your instruction. Thank you for everything that you've you've placed in your word to help us in every area of our life. So I would pray for everyone who's listened to this message today, that they would receive it, Father God, and apply it to their life, that they would pray about their finances and then have the faith to step out in faith and move forward with the plan you have for them, Lord God. Bless them, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to receive additional information on your finances, you could go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. I have a book there entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. I have two books on faith, a couple of them on my experiences in Vietnam for our veterans. And you'll find a place where you can click on to join and subscribe to my weekly newsletter on how to live a quality Christian life. You may subscribe to my podcast on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. And I pray that you may prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. My next episode is entitled, How to Plan Ahead. Until next time, may God richly bless you.